Hello and welcome to My Supernatural Vida, a bilingual English and Spanish podcast where I share the Word of God in my experience with the supernatural. I started this podcast because I know that there are others out there who, like me, for some time thought that they might be crazy or maybe even still do. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not crazy. You are supernatural. Let's be super together. Hello, everybody. So good to be with you guys tonight. Just going to give Facebook a little time uh, for you guys to jump on. Let me turn on my volume on the screen over here. So first and foremost, I want to say thank you so much to Tommy John for bringing me on tonight to share a piece of my heart with you guys, something that I hold so dear, near and dear to me, uh, which is dream interpretation. And I want to share with you uh, tonight something that I had breakthrough in uh, with dream interpretation. And I'm hoping tonight that you will get some breakthrough as well. And that is uh, learning to um, interpret our dreams through the lens of love, right? Uh, understanding that we have been redeemed, we have been purchased back, right? And so once we start to realize that this is where we operate from, from freedom, um, interpreting dreams through the lens of love becomes a lot easier. So I'm going to share that with you guys tonight. I'm also going to go, hopefully we have time um, uh do some dream interpretations. I saw a few of the dreams that you guys posted. Awesome dreams. So I hope I get the chance to interpret those live with you guys tonight. So hang out with me, tag a friend, share this with somebody you know, um, and feel free to interact. If I have time as well, um, I'll answer questions at the end. So let's go ahead and get this thing started and let's go. So I have a super duper cool fact-ish kind of a fact. <laughs> to share with you guys tonight and this is you're gonna say what it's gonna make sense as i go on but so i found this out from mpr.org that there are roughly about seven quintillion 500 quadrillion grains of sand on all the beaches and all the deserts of the world say that 10 times real fast <laughs> so in and if you already forgot what that number is that's fine it's a lot. Okay. So why does that matter? You know, according to King David in Psalms 139.18, the thoughts that God has towards us surpass that number. Of course, we realize that he might've been poetic, but still, even if he was not being poetic or even if he was, you get the idea. God has a lot of thoughts for us. He's thought about us since the before the beginning, right? Eternally, he's thought about us. And so when we realize that as well, we understand, well, when in the world do we have all that time to gather all those thoughts and to, if he wants to communicate with us, well, we spend a third of our life sleeping, dreaming. So get that. Uh, so as you might've already figured tonight, we're going to be discussing, Hey, Elizabeth, we're going to be discussing dreams. So uh, we're going to talk, uh, discuss a topic of dream interpretation through the lens of father's love. And I believe that by the time we're done, you're going to have a way of interpreting dreams that draws you closer into relationship with God. And hopefully it's going to help you also to bust through and break through some nightmares um, that you may, may have been having, or even some recurring dreams that are a little off. Um, Cause it did for me, this grasping, this broke a lot of that stuff for me. So um, I used to be uh, that person 
who would wake up after a nightmare, a bad dream, or even those uh, sort of condemning kind of icky dreams. And I would immediately have some very condemning thoughts. Um, the thoughts were usually like, I must have an open door. Um, I've given the, the devil a foothold or uh, there is something in my bloodline that's that's the time has come and it's, it's time for me to deal with it now. Or I need to repent for something. I don't know, Lord, what it is. Right. Or as you can tell, those are not very precious thoughts. Those are very condemning thoughts. And so, uh, you know, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I grew up in not grew up in, but I came it back into the faith, um, into a religious legalistic, um, environment. I'm not going to say church, but it, the environment was like that. Some people, and, and I was getting, um, initially mentorship from people that had that kind of view. So, um, that was feeding into me. And so those were the thoughts that I had when I would, I would wake up from ugly dreams. I thought, Oh, so miss so-and-so is right right? I, I do have an open door or whatever. Um, so that's not very nice. It doesn't encourage us to continue dreaming. Um, it, it draws us further away. So I am very thankful that I came across this new way of interpreting dreams because I dream a lot. Um, I Sometimes I dream every night and sometimes I get a little break and I don't have anything to interpret or anything, right? But for the most part, I dream... Um, I dream every night. So, uh, you know, we want to get this. I wanted to get this down. So I'm very thankful that um, I met Mr. Jake Bullard, who is my uh, mentor in a dream interpretation. I've uh, been uh, learning under him for two years. Now I just recently signed up for my third year. And um, he was very adamant with us about um, getting this redemptive uh, side of, of God, this redemptive nature of God down and using that to interpret our dreams. Right. And I say lens of love because for me, it became a, um, it was an issue of love for me. It was me understanding the father's love for me so that I may love other people. And first of all, love myself and coming to self-acceptance and, and getting rid of all the stuff that was uh, preventing me from, from seeing things through love. So that's why I call it that because that's where I had to get my breakthrough to be able to understand redemption. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm very thankful for him. Uh, during the time that we that I was, I was with him or that, that I've been with him, thank God I finally got it. It took me a while, but um, he was very, very um, adamant about us understanding that. And where when he would coach us, um, if we started interpreting dreams and it was less than redemptive, uh, we would hear it. We would know about it, right? He would correct us and he would guide us back into, into love or into redemptive, uh, redemptive way of, of interpreting. And as I came to find out, um, I'm, it's good that he did that because the more I learned about dreams, the more I understood that this was God talking to us. This was God sharing his thoughts, his plans for us during the night. And so we know that he made everything good, right? So we are good and that his plans for us are to prosper us, to give us a hope and to give us a future. So um, as I, I learned that, I, I got it. But there was this one verse that stuck to me a lot during the time that I was like really getting, I was, I was a little hard on myself, but because I wanted to interpret dreams in this way. Um, so this, this um, a verse would come up continually 
in my head, which was Psalms 139, um, 17 through 18. And it, it was, I'll read it to you guys. Um, how precious to me are your thoughts, God? How vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So I would go, I would start interpreting my dreams or somebody else's dream. And I would get like an interpretation that was not very lovey dovey or very uh, from, it didn't feel like it was from God's heart. It was more like us stating obvious thing, me stating something obvious or, um, you know, me actually kind of pointing out somebody's issues, right? Because sometimes our dreams tend to do that, right? They, they are pointing us about something. Um, and uh, I'm like, nope, I don't like that. That's not, that's not the interpretation I want to give someone because King David on Psalms 139, 17 through 18 held God's thoughts for him as precious. So if I interpret this dream and I release this interpretation to this person, or even if I, I'm giving it to myself, am I going to hold this as precious the way that King David held God's thoughts towards him as precious? And also it says, when I awake, I'm still with you. So it means that while he was sleeping, he was gathering God's thoughts for him. And then when he was waking up, he was holding them as precious. So I hope that's making sense, but that's how, um, I'm sorry if I'm contextually out of place or if I'm like not even interpreting this song correctly, but during this time, this helped me out and it still does to this day. Um, in the Passion Translation, that, that same verse reads this, every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you are still with me. I mean, even that sounds so much more passionate, duh, the passion. But um, one thing to understand here, um, the word thought is, is uh, his uh, hopes. Did I write it down? I don't want to get it wrong because I won't mess this up. Um, I sure didn't write it down. So it means uh, it's God's plans, God's hopes, and God's... Um, desire for us. Um, so, and obviously his thoughts, right? So it's in that vein of, of like, uh, of thinking or in that vein of, of our destiny of our life is that he, it's his, his, uh, thoughts, his, um, hopes and his desires for us. Um, so another thing to, re to remember here is that, uh, while we're doing our dream interpretation, uh, we're engaging our prophetic nature. Um, that was another thing is that I had not realized that, hey, Shirley, I had not realized when I first began interpreting dreams that my dreams are prophetic. Our dreams are prophetic, right? Because they're God's thoughts for us, right? Uh, and so that uh, was such a... Um, a key is, is coming to the realization that dreams were prophetic and that I had to engage my prophetic nature during dream interpretation. Um, uh, I had to hear from God. I needed to tap into my hearing. I needed to tap into my feeler into the seer even more. Um, and the thing is that I was using sometimes translation tools. So that was messing me up too. Cause when we start to use translation tools, like um, if it's not the Bible, of course, like um, 
the internet. Um, these books that they ha I have the divinity code and I have a couple other um, uh, symbol trans uh, interpretation books, right? Um, when we go straight to that, we're skipping, we're bypassing our, our prophet, our prophetic part, right? Because we're going to go somewhere else to go get the interpretation. And so we're not engaging the father. We're not engaging love. We're not engaging Holy Spirit. We're just going straight to a book, right? Or we're, we're going to default somewhere where we've learned something already about dreams or, oh, the last time this happened, it meant that. Or the last time I dreamt this, it meant that. So now what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm going everywhere but into God's thoughts for me or into God's thoughts for that person. Um, so I, it, that, when that clicked to me was like, okay, so God's thoughts, not so-and-so author's thoughts about this object or so-and-so author's thoughts about, you know, um, the only author, Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> That's, it, you know, like in, in the word, going to the word to find it whenever I was stuck, exhausting that avenue, exhausting my prophetic nature where, okay, I've, I've sat, I've prayed, I did this, I did that. I, I went for a walk. I engaged Holy spirit. I'm still not getting anything then going, you know, to those resources. Um, so that was, that helped me to engage from the lens of love because what would happen is that I would start to hear what God was thinking about that person or even me or whatever that dream was about. Right. What are you, what are you saying, Lord, about this dream? Right. I, I know that I'm seeing the dream. They wrote it out. I'm reading it out and I could, you know, put together what I feel it is, but what are you saying? And a lot of times it'll either confirm like what you felt initially, or you're going to hear something totally different or completely different. Even sometimes um, you will, you will start to see the dream. Like if you were in there and you start to pick up uh, elements and you're like, Whoa, was that a white car or. You know, one time I remember uh, my coach, like I was sharing my dream and he stopped me and he totally described the house that I was in. Right. So that's engaging your prophetic side. Right. He totally like, you know, what the house looked like, where the windows were at and like that the type of house. Was it a cabin? Was it out in the woods where the windows out here like that? And was the kitchen right there? How, like if he was in my dream. Right. Because this is the we have the same Holy Spirit who gave us, who gave me that dream lives inside of him. So now he can interpret. It was, it's amazing, but it happens like that. Um, Hey Frank, how are you? I'm just looking at the chat here real quick to just check you guys out. I just started, I just went off and I just forgot to look at you guys, but um, hello, Latasha. Hey Gabriella. Good to see you guys. So once, once I began to gauge my prophetic side, I began to like hear a little better, um, you know, what God's thoughts were towards this person, what God's thoughts were towards these dreams and that they're loving and they're not condemning and that they're not shaming. Right. Um, and so let's see. So that was one thing I would do. So like I would type out the dream or I would think in my head, like, okay, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying. This is what I'm feeling about this. I would rehearse it. And if it, uh, if it didn't feel like something that the person who received it or even I was going to hold on to as precious and dear that I could, um, you know, hang on to as a prophetic word, I would toss it. Like, <laughs> I don't like that. Like we can try again. Right. And like, Lord, what are you saying? And eventually it was like, 
okay, now it clicks. Now it's well put together. And, and you'll see when, like, if you're interpreting for someone else, right. And you release to them that it like falls different. Like the person really like feels the weight of it and feels the love of it. It clicks. It just makes sense. But when you're translating word for word from something else or, you know, the other method uh, where you're just like, well, this means that, and that means that, and then that means that. And the last time I saw that it was that. So then this must mean that. And you give them that. It's like, God, thanks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it didn't land, you know, it just did it. And let's face it. Like a lot of times, even it happens, like it, it does, it's not well received or it's, nah, it doesn't make any sense. And and that's okay. But we, we tried and we know that we went to Holy Spirit first. We went to God first, or we, you know, before we went everywhere else. Right. So um, another thing that helped me with, with interpreting um, through the lens of love was understanding my place in the kingdom as a redeemed, as a redeemed daughter. Um, you know, re there's daughters and sons, right? So, as a redeemed child of God, once I came to that understanding, let me tell you guys, this is something that you don't just wake up one day and like, you know, this stuff, it's like showing up every Thursday to dreams masterclass and hearing the teachings one. And then two, it's like, um, sometimes it's unlearning about theology. Sometimes it's because, because we believe it or not, sometimes dream through the lens of our theology or eschatology and, and if that's there, it's really hard for you to interpret correctly because the lens is not right. It's like, it's like, you know, when you're getting your, um, I don't know if anybody's ever had an eye exam where you go get your eyes checked and like, is A better or B better? Or sometimes like the, the optometrist will walk away and it'll, he'll leave the thing on and it's like all blurry, you know? And it's like, well, wait a minute, put it back to the other thing you had it, you know, it's like, it's like that. So when we have our theology wrong, our eschatology is wrong, um, we, we see blurry and then you're you've seen through there for so long that you kind of adjust to it and you don't realize that it's whack right <laughs> that's just the way, the way i put that hey annie how are you doing you're not late you're just in time um so once i i i, I understood okay what is i'm i'm a redeemed child of god that means that i have been purchased out of darkness i've been with the blood of Christ. So what is, okay, I understand that, but what does that like really mean? You know, like getting all that down. Um, so just like we know that the re why God redeemed us is because he loves us, right? He, he is love. Like it's not just a char characteristic of God to love us. It's who he is. He is love, right? So because of that, he redeemed us. He brought us back in. He 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 purchased us out of the system of darkness to bring us into the light. Right. So just some verses here. Uh, uh, but God so shows his love to us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. And then, of course, John 3, 16, 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And then um, we know, uh, actually, John 10, 10, right? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. Okay. 
So when I think about that, John 10, 10, sometimes we have ugly dreams. Sometimes we have nightmares. Sometimes we have shaming dreams. Sometimes we have dreams where something's being stolen. Something's being killed. Something's being destroyed. So those are ugly dreams, dreams that we don't want to, we sometimes don't want to interpret. We don't want to journal. We don't want to write down. We don't want to give it any attention to. We just want to toss those and forget about them. But what did Christ say, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So when you have one of those dreams, it's like, okay, I understand that the enemy has th these plans for me, but the plans for that Christ has for me are life and life more abundantly. So let me look at this dream through the, the what's after that first period in that sentence. I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. I'm going to look at this dream. Forget the still kill and destroy. Yeah, I understand that's the enemy's plan. But let me look at this dream through the more abundant life, that Zoe life, right? What is in here that that points to the Zoe life, right? Um, so it is, it's a process. I'm telling you, there's like a lot of like pieces that, you know, just kind of click and come together. It's not, it's not, it's not very easy. Um, it gets a little easier over time, but because there's just such a fear of the Lord sometimes when we understand that we're prophetic people and that our words carry uh, not just meaning, but weight and our words have the ability to come to pass. Like you want, you kind of want to put all this well packaged and you want to get it right. So I don't want to tell you guys just to like make you nervous about dreams, but that's just how I, how I hold them you know? Uh, and so I just want to bring you along with how I, how I see this and how I do this. Um, so what does being redeemed mean? So that was a part that took me a while to get. So thank God for good teachers. Thank God for online groups and mentorships and Bible studies from kingdom minded people where I finally came to understand, um, that, uh, that would Christ's came to do and what that redemption meant for me that I can hang on to and hold on to. And that uh, Colossians 1, 13 through 14 says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. A lot of times we get hung up on our, our sin, even if it's our past sin when it shows up in a dream. Uh, or things that from our life before Christ, when it shows up in a dream, once we grasp that we have, our sins have been forgiven. And even if it shows up in a dream, it doesn't mean it's back. It doesn't mean it's still there. It just means the enemy is a loser and he doesn't want to let it go. Right. Cause that's just who he is. <laughs> we don't like that guy. <laughs> I'm just checking out the chat here real quick. So it means, um, the redemption means that we have been delivered, we have been rescued or snatched snatched up to oneself. So we've already been snatched up into Christ. We belong to him. That's that's who we belong to now. Like there's no going back from that, right? Um, and then uh, literally the word redemption means a release affected by payment of ransom, which we know that Jesus Christ paid for, paid for us with his blood. Um, and it literally means buying back from or repurchasing um, what was previously forfeited or lost. So we weren't just purchased back for salvation. Yes, we have been snatched. That's right. We belong to Christ now. Get your hands off, devil. So um, 
we have been redeemed. The Lord uh, Christ has purchased us back. So he didn't just purchase back for salvation, which is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We've been saved. We have salvation. But we didn't just get back uh, an, a ticket through the gate. We didn't just get back a ticket into uh, this uh, kingdom. We got the kingdom, right? It wasn't just the, the way in. It was it. We got it all. So we have been given back what Adam lost, which was dominion, uh, fruitfulness, multiplication, righteousness, and union with God, and you name it. Everything that Adam lost that day, we have been given back. Not just salvation, not just forgiveness of sin, which is amazing, which is great, was just an amazing, amazing start when we consider where we came from and where we have been. But that's not all we got. And for a very long time, that's where I was stuck. I was stuck at the gate of a magnificent kingdom, just standing there at the gate while everybody was just out there running around like someone left the door open. Right. Um, but when I finally got this, I understood everything. I got back everything you and I got back everything Christ died to give us back. Right. And so you'll accept nothing less, nothing less when you realize that all of that belongs to you, dominion, fruitfulness, multiplications, righteousness, union with God, right? Purity, holiness, all of that. When you realize that all of that belongs to you, you're not going to settle for anything less. So you're not going to sit there with a terrible dream interpretation about, about uh, bloodline curses, about uh, the enemy wants to do this and this not to you, or uh, an illness that's attacking you, or a, 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 some sort of spirit that wants to take you down. No, ma'am. No, sir. Uh-uh. I am in the kingdom of light. That's where I'm at. And if you're going to want to get to me, you're going to have to get through Jesus. You're going to have to get to through Abba and you're going to have to get through Holy Spirit because I am in him and he is in me. So don't come at me with all that. The Lord's the 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 enemy's out to get you. The Don't come at me with all that. You have an open door. Don't come at me with all that. Uh, you know, there's generational curses in your bloodline. You need to go this, this and that. Now, I'm not saying that those things don't happen. I'm not saying that we don't have that those things are not real because because they are. But we are prophesying when we're when we're giving a dream interpretation, we're releasing father's heart. So we're going to say the finish. We're going to say the finished work. We're going to prophesy. We're going to release. We're going to interpret what's already been done because in eternity is done. Right. So. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I think I'm getting a little, I get a little hot in here. Um, so that's, I get very passionate about that because it, I, I literally had to break through here. Uh, it, it was something that, that I was held back in for such a long time that it's like, I cannot allow other people to continue accepting this kind of stuff. Right. So, because, because it, as a, someone who dr dreams every single night, that that cannot be your leading thought those cannot be your your dominant thoughts about your dream life right or about what god is thinking about you because he thinks you're awesome he loves you he his thoughts for you are precious uh or you know his thoughts towards you are such that you would hold us precious that's what i mean so 
once we keep all that in mind, what we have been restored to, who we are now in Christ as sons and daughters, that we are seated in heavenly places, uh, why are some of us stuck on seeing only the sin, only the ugly part, only the yucky, yucky things that show up in our dreams, right? Um, well, I think that there's many reasons. So I'm going to go ahead and, and I cover with you guys a few barriers. Uh, I think we have like at, at least three you know, that, that I, I have experienced, I've seen, I've noticed even some that I had to go through my breakthrough myself in order to be able to interpret dreams, uh, you know, in this way, I had to get through these things. So the first one, religious mindset, I'm going to take a sip. You're funny, Brittany. <laughs> Let's try good time. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> the last time we were all lost in time. All right. All right, here. The first barrier is religious mindsets. What time is it? Eight, eight. Well, just, it's been 31 minutes. So religious mindsets. So sometimes religious mindsets will keep us uh, uh, out of that relationship with God, out of that union with God, out of that uh, intimacy with him, right? So it because a religious mindset seeks to uh, replace that genuine relationship that we have with God with works and with tradition, right? So we need to get rid of those religious mindsets, whatever we need to do, whatever type of healing uh, we need to get done to get rid of that deliverance and change, change, uh, you know, your theology or change, you know, who you're getting your, your, your teachings from who's feeding you even. Right. So um, a lot of times when we're stuck in this mindset, uh, we're always looking at what we need to do, to get right, failing to realize that we've already been made righteous through Christ, Second uh, Corinthians five twenty one, right? So imagine that's your mindset. You have a dream, and it's a, it's, a, it's yucky, it's a nightmare, whatever. And you have a religious mindset. Immediately, you start your little to do list of like, okay, so I need to fast. I need to seek like uh, I need a deliverance minister, and I need to get all my intercessors together. Like that's your little to-do list of this dream. This that's your interpretation. I'm not gonna uh, let me tell you guys something. There is strategy in dreams. There, there a lot of times there's strategy in your dreams, but the Lord doesn't give you that strategy so that you can become a slave to the process, right? So uh without relationship, we deny ourselves the honor of knowing our father, hearing from him, and knowing what's in his heart for us. So um uh yeah. So we deny ourselves that. Right. Um, when we think back, we, we look back in, on scripture and we, we see how Jesus only did what he saw the father do. That's because he spent time with him. So our dreams in a, in a way are meant for the, us to spend time with him. When we get up from that dream and we journal it and, and we're seeking interpretation, we're seeking him. You know, we're looking at what he said to us, like, OK, you had this conversation with me, God, last night. I want to, I want to know more, right? I want to know, uh, I want more details about this. Let's talk about this. It's like, have it, it draws you near to him. So when we have a religious, re religious mindset, we, we don't allow ourselves to go there. We don't allow ourselves to go to that place um, because it, it, it kind of denies us grace. Um, so when we don't have it for ourselves and so, we don't truly have it for others either. 
like, so we don't have grace or us, like, how can we give what we don't have? Right. So, um, and, and that's important for interpreting your own dreams and interpreting for other people's dreams, because like I said, and some of you guys uh, who are interpreters, you know, this sometimes like you're reading someone's dream and you can tell that they're struggling through something. You can tell that they're going through something and they don't need shame or more condemnation. They don't need a word of obvious. They need a word of wisdom, a word of encouragement. They need to be edified, to be comforted, to be exhorted, right? Um, so we need grace to do those things. And when we don't have grace for ourselves because religious religion denies it to us, it's very hard to give it to other people. And then even when we, we want to or we try to, it doesn't come across as genuine. <laughs> That's right, Tommy. Tell them something they don't already know. <laughs> Uh, I know. Don't be putting this out here. Don't be putting my business out there, right? Um, you know, give grace. Grace is grace is just so it's so important, and it's one of those things that helps us to um, to to come to know the goodness of God because it's unmerited favor. It's a you know it's something we don't deserve, but we're getting it anyway, and so it draws us to the goodness of God. Um, and of course, you're if you're in a religious mindset, you're you're under self condemnation, shame, and guilt. Um, so we project that. And I'm not saying this, guys, because I'm judging people, or I'm saying that I'm saying this because I ha I had to get through this. This is something I had to have breakthrough on. I had to get rid of religious mindsets, guys. I had to switch churches. I had to find a new church. I had to find an online church, a, a, a new church in the same city. I had to change my circle, honey, because I, I realized I was allowing people to feed me, feed into my life. And I was sitting under, un, under this religious, uh, teaching and theology every, every Sunday, you know? And so uh, my newsfeed changed a lot even after that, because I, I, I stopped accepting religious, religious mumbo jumbo. Okay. Then another thing is second thing, uh, a barrier that, that does not allow us to interpret our dreams through love is a lack of identity. Um, uh, we don't have an awareness of who we are in Christ and, and, the only condition being that we make him our Lord and Savior and we automatically get redeemed. Um, and, and that's it. That's it. Like make him your Lord and Savior and you're automatically redeemed. And now you're in him. Uh, and like I, I mentioned earlier, it's more than just salvation. Right. So it's the life and the life more abundantly. It's that Zoe life in him. We are blessed. We are homely and blameless. We are loved. We are adopted. We're sons, we're daughters, we're sharing an inheritance, we're sinless and blameless, we're covered in grace. Did I say redeemed already? We're redeemed, we're forgiven, we're pleasing, we're chosen, we're predestined, also known as planned. And as we reread all of this in uh, Ephesians 1, 3, 3, 11, you're just go, you're feeling bad about yourself, you're feeling bad about where you stand in Christ, you go read that, Ephesians 1, 3, 3, 11. Paul loves on us. Like Paul's like, look at this. Look at, let me, let me show you who you are. Check this out. Oh my gosh. Right. Like how could we accept anything less? Right. When, when God like literally sent Jesus to live, to die and resurrect and ascend for us to give us all of this, how can we accept anything less? Right. Um, when we have a lack of identity, um, we have an angry God theology. Uh, <laughs> there is a, I, I found this out that the angry goth theology, uh, we owe that 
we owe that terrible gift to uh, Jonathan Edwards. Uh, he preached a sermon titled Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God in 1741. 1741. Uh, and he had great impact with that. So till this day, the sermon is used in religious academic studies and it continues to spread. So there's this angry God theology. There's a, if you don't do this or you don't do that, God is going to punish you or all this going on in the world today. That's because God is punishing us. Like he's disused with his, his, uh, what do you call it? Uh, sea fork <laughs> waiting to strike us down. It's, and that's, that started by some wacko that, that's how he saw God. And so when we, when this is how we see God, we obviously don't have identity in him. Right. And, and we can't connect to a, a God that we think is angry at us. Right. So how are we ever going to tap into his love? Um, also the, our, our earthly father image, you know, going into that, if our earthly father image um, is tainted as damaged because we have trauma or abuse or abandonment or whatever issues that we have from childhood, that's going to prevent us from connecting to father and being vulnerable and being open and being able to trust him and real or being able to really truly say Abba father, because we don't know who he is or, or we, we have a, um, an apprehension uh, to connecting to him in that way, because we, we have these issues from our childhood. And so that's something I, I had to heal from as well. So I have to go through the inner healing process and, and fix my, my angry God issue and also my earthly father image. Right. Um, and so, like I already said, you know, you're, you might need inner, inner healing and this is for the restoration of our soul, which, you know, we know our spirit, like we, we're automatically redeemed, but sometimes our soul needs work. It needs to be brought back to life. It needs to, um, you know, to be mended, you know? So this is what our inner healing does for us. And it fixes those issues. And it's incredible guys. Like once you get inner healing, it's almost like, like literally, the optometrist coming back in the office and fixing that lens, you know, uh, uh, a, B, a or B, B or C one or two, two or three, you know, and then you walk out of there and you have a sharp vision because your lenses have been adjusted and you got the right prescription on now. Right. And so that's what I would describe inner healing as being like, right. Not only does it heal us in our soul, but it adjusts our vision and it helps us to see things clearer. Um, and then lastly is that we don't honor what happens when, we, when we're not able to interpret dreams through love or, um, or through the redemption or through uh, Christ's finished work at the cross is that we don't honor uh, it as a manifestation of the gifts of the spirit. We don't honor it as it literally being the fact that you are prophetic, you know, um, sometimes getting rid of um, uh, what do you call it? False humility will allow you to accept that you're prophetic. Um, for a while, I, I was very stuck on not, I don't know why, not accepting that I was prophetic when the very fact that I was dreaming and my dreams were coming true signified that I was prophetic. I had a really hard time accepting that. One, because I didn't accept myself. And two is I had this false humility about it. Like I, I thought, you know, if I accept that I'm prophetic, then then, you know, I don't want anyone to think of me different, right? Or do I have to tell people that? Or 
I just didn't know how to navigate that. So once we we accept that and we get rid of the false humility, we the sooner we come into it, the sooner we come into the gift, the sooner we're able to operate in it and navigate in it because we've accepted it as ours, right? Um, it's kind of like when you go rent a car and like, let's say, uh, I don't know if you, one time I rented this, like for me, fancy car, it was a convertible uh, Mustang GT, right? And um, I don't even know why I rented that car, but anyway, I loved it, but I never could truly, like the three days I had it, I never could truly settle in on it. Like I couldn't put my own wheel cover on it. I couldn't hang my little thing on the river mirror. I couldn't put my fuzzy like little seatbelt thing on that, you know, back in the day I used to do. I, I couldn't put preset my, my radio stations at my Bluetooth and all that. It was wonderful. It was nice. I was writing in it. Um, but I, I didn't settle into it because I, I, I thought it was, you know, and it was something I was going to have to be, give back. It wasn't mine to keep forever. So sometimes when we fail to accept that we have these giftings, that we have these callings, that we carry these things in us, because this is how we've been pre-wired, we never truly fully settle in and we don't make ourselves at home with it. So, you know, we can't, we can do uh, 150 miles per hour in 60 seconds or under 60 seconds, like it says, because it's like, oh, it's not mine. I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to break it. I don't, I don't want to crash it. I got to return it. But then when you, let's say, when I bought, let's say, my last vehicle, and this is my what I Uber my kids around in a car, that thing has my seat preset that it's got uh, all the radio stations set up. My Bluetooth automatically connects. It smells just the way I want it to. And I can drive it however I want to. So maybe I, I should be a little more careful with my driving, but Hey, I settled into it. It's mine. I've accepted it as my own. I know, I know how it rides. I know what I can do with it. It's the same thing when we have, um, <laughs> no, I, did I say slideshow? I don't know what I said. <laughs> um, you know, it, that's what it is. When you finally accept that this is your gift, this is what you operate in. I am, I am a prophetic dreamer. Look, I got my prophetic dreamer shirt on. When you accept it, I'm a prophetic dreamer, you operate in it better and you're able to, to move in love um, and you're able to connect to the father with it and through it. So let's see. Lastly, in that same vein, um, we're, we're linear thinkers sometimes. So uh, we think uh, very logically. And so once we, we start to see from heaven to earth, uh, we see different and we're able to interpret differently. We're able to see that things look better from up there. Kind of like in revelations where, uh, where the Lord called, uh, John up, you know, come on up, you know, look at looks different from up here. And so, uh, lastly, what I want to say, I think I talked about this earlier, um, was, uh, the tools that we use to interpret dreams, you know, like, I, it gets to me when I read an inter very rarely do I do this, but sometimes it happens like where people say, uh, they literally go line by line. And, uh, and that's because I'm a part of several dream interpretation groups. I see how different people do it, but, um, it's like, uh, this means that, and this means that, and, and I understand there's a place for it when, you know, we're teaching, uh, everybody wants to know, like, what was your process? How did you get to that? So that's nice. That's nice to have. I'm not dogging it. But sometimes when we get very linear and we get very technical with it, we miss we miss the 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 amazing part of the prophetic word. Let's say like, I don't want to know how you made a cake. I just want to eat cake. Just give it to me, you know, kind of like that. 
<laughs> Thanks, Latasha. I think this shirt is from um, Jenny Weaver's shop. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and speed this up because I do want to interpret some of your dreams. I have 15 minutes left. Um, so tonight we talked about uh, redeeming, uh, uh, interpreting our dreams through the lens of love, um, busting through some of those uh, barriers like religious mindsets, uh, lack of identity, and the acceptance of our giftings as well as what it means to be redeemed, who we are as redeemed children. And we also talked about um, the process that it might require for us to get to that point. So let me go ahead and pull up these dreams so that I can interpret some of those for you. Also, um, if you have any questions, put a hashtag Q so I know to look up, look at the, the feed for questions. Uh, it smells good in here. I think my husband's cooking something. <laughs> Look at me. I'm all hungry. Let's see. Live dream interpretation. Type it in here, um, Brittany, if you, if you still have a dream. And um, I'll, I'll, if I have time, I'll get to it too after I get these down. Um, let's see. <laughs> You're funny, Tommy. <laughs> we still don't know what a beach means. <laughs> It means it wasn't fuzzy. There you go. <laughs> Shirley, the first dream I have uh, is from Shirley. She writes, um, I was at a shopping center giving blood for a blood transfusion. Then a tall, skinny male, I think an order, an, I, I think she meant to type elderly, came to get me. And I said, are you taking me to the ward? He said no to the theater to have your appendix removed. In 1984, I had my appendix removed already. So what I felt about these, this dream um, was that um, like I saw you like bleeding over into other people as you share more of yourself with them. So the more you, you share yourself with other people, you're, you're going to bleed over into them kind of like an outpouring like of yourself over unto others. And so this is how you're going to affect um, the people around you, right? And how you're going to make that difference in the environment around you is that you're going to, you're going to outpour, right? Um, let's see. Oh, and also um, with your appendix being removed, I felt like that is, um, it's like literally a removal or a breaking off of something that you have held on to as a way of defense. Like maybe for a while, like you were holding on to things to kind of self-preserve maybe. Um, I don't know if this is from childhood. I mean, we're born with our appendix. Um, and I think for a while it serves a purpose. And then after a while, it's like, well, why is it still here? So I just feel like you're going to be cleansed or you're, that's going to be broken off of you. Um, so whatever that, whatever methods you've been using of self-preservation gone in the name of Jesus is breaking off. You can trust completely in the Lord's ability to preserve you. Right. So mm -mm, next we have, I hope that makes sense. I bless you with that. Oh, orderlies. That's what they're called in Australia. They, Oh, they take you to the ward. Oh my gosh. Um, well, you ain't crazy. <laughs> Um, let's see. 
Yeah, you asked. You're gonna take me to the worst and know to theater. Have your appendix. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I I hope that um, dream interpretation makes sense to you. I bless you with that. Uh, moving on to Mandy Carter's dream. Mandy wrote, "I was in a warehouse looking for outdoor furniture cushions. Jeremy found me, and I was carrying two white islet islet pillows. I couldn't find any others I wanted. I needed to get to the checkout before there was no great way. Jeremy was looking for a matching umbrella and I had to climb the mounds of pillows carrying them. Oh, mounds of pillows carrying the two pillows, one in each hand. I climb up a stair and get to the checkout. Jeremy's standing there with a beautiful umbrella that perfectly matches the pillows. I It had a large white canopy in the same fabric of the pillows, a gold shimmery canopy that was sheer underneath the canopy. And then another small white canopy. I was nervous. I, I wouldn't have enough money and Jeremy paid for it. So, um, I got the verse, uh, let us labor therefore to enter into the rest, into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief Hebrews 4, 11, the labor there is uh, us holding on to faith uh, so that we don't fall for doubt or unbelief, right? So I feel like you have been holding on uh, to faith, uh, maybe to some of the promises that the Lord has made to you. And um, you are persevering the good fight of faith. And um, uh, to some, prom uh, this, what I, I made some notes here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you don't, you don't need to pay for what Jesus already bought. So I felt like uh, your husband was represented Jesus in, in the dream. I also see a shelter for you, but not like a, not a place that you run to um, because you're like running away from something or you're scared or you're terrified, but it's just like a place that you go to, to replenish and to be refreshed. Um, that sort of shelter where, you know, that in this place I can be myself, I can, I can replenish, I can refresh, and I don't have to be afraid of letting my guard down of like any attacks or anything like that. I felt like you were, um, you were being hidden under his wings. Um, uh, Psalms 91, four, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. And dismisses if it doesn't make any sense or you're like okay no no thanks but a few weeks ago i had a vision of being underneath the father's wings like under that wing right like him covering me under his wings and when i was under there his wings were like well obviously they were white but there was like a gold shimmery um sort of like i don't know it's hard to explain like an iridescent gold shimmery glisten where it just like, um, it's just so hard to explain. It's like, like led lights that kind of just like all shimmer and glisten and it is gold. And like, if you would imagine like a bird spreading its wings and then all of a sudden you're just seeing like the, the glisten under it. So when you shared that you, you saw that under the canopy, I had immediately thought of that. It's like, well, you're in this place, you know, you're, you're under his wings, like you're in his protection. And so this is where, where you find refuge and where you find um, comfort during those times where you feel like you need refreshing. Um, and then you can, you can totally just, just rest under there. Um, and so that is the, the rest that you're laboring into is, is hanging on to faith, right? 
And so I bless you with that. I hope that makes sense. I don't even know if Mandy's on, but there we go. And then uh, Gabriella, oh, I loved Gabriella's dream. Gabriella said, I had a dream. I was in a two-story house. The house was full of women for all from all walks of life. You can tell that they have all walked through some hard seasons. There was a couple and they seemed to be an authority. And I asked them, whose house is this? They said, this is your house. I then looked out the window and saw a lot of women waiting to get in. I asked the couple, why are the women or all those women outside? Then they answered, they are waiting for you to let them in. Then I woke up. Oh, thank you, Kristen. The replay will stay up. <laughs> um, so that was Gabriella's dream. So I felt like this is your, your, these are your people. Like this is your, your sphere of influence. Like this is who you're called to, like these women. Um, they're in search of solutions that you carry for them. Um, and I felt like you are Lydia. You're like Lydia from Acts. Uh, Acts 16, Paul said this about her. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. That means that they stayed with her, right? Um, you are hospitable. Uh, you carry a wealth of knowledge and you are influential. So people want uh, what you have, like not necessarily, not just that they want it is that they need it. Like you're carrying a message. You're carrying something that, that you, um, you know, that you developed as, as you even walk through your things in life and right? you walk with Christ that now you have the solutions for, to, to help others break too, to, to help other people through. And so I hope that makes sense. And I, I hope that, um, that you're able to step into that and that you're able to, uh, to fully, um, uh, walk out and what the Lord has put inside of you. Cause I, I strongly feel that there are women out there who need of what you carry and, and not only do they need it, they, they are desperate for it. So I hope that helps. Oh, uh, don't worry, Latasha. All right, I think I have one of Latasha's dreams, actually. Yeah. I was, <laughs> Latasha's dreams are so funny. And they're like, uh, uh, I don't know. I just feel like a, like a child when I read her dreams sometimes. But uh, she said, I was flying in a little tiny airplane through the Grand Canyon it was a plastic toy looking plane, like a kid's carnival ride looking plane, but smaller. They were all different colors and really cute. A giant strong man threw the plane and that's how it, I was able to take flight. And then uh, the second part of that dream says so she was sitting on a bench, legs facing up and flying, Belverde area, um, Cindy telling me I can. So two flying dreams in one night. So uh, so I feel like here the Lord is launching you into something grand. Like, uh, sometimes in dreams, like things are like, there's a play on words, right. Uh, with, with what we say, what we, not just what we dream, but how we write out our dreams, like that you can catch the play on words. So I feel like the Lord is launching you into something grand and I sense adventure and excitement. And, uh, I believe that this is something that maybe you like, 
I don't know, like dreamt up or imagined when you were a child or maybe a dream that you've had your whole life um, that was maybe totally out there that you like, oh, yeah, right. I'm never going to do that. Or like, I'll never get to do that. That's just way out there. Like, that's this grand thing that the Lord is launching you into. Like, this is something that that it's been in your heart. Right. Um, and I don't know if that's literally like from your childhood, like literally when you were a kid or from your childhood, like your young Christian years. Um, so there's a grace for you to step into that now and to see how far God will take you, take you with it. And I feel like it's one of those things that, uh, only those people with a strong gift of faith have the audacity to believe it. Uh, and, I mean, it's flying. It's like a, it's an acceleration towards your destiny while completely trusting in him, uh, surrendering to him totally uh, and to his leading and his ability to to carry it through. So I hope that that makes sense. And this this dream is, is just it was it felt like such an adventure. And I literally saw him just like launching you like have you ever like been in a classroom and played like airplanes like you know you make your little planes and you try to throw it as far as you could um i i felt like that that's how he was having fun with you too um like let let, let me show you how far i'm going to throw you across this grand amazing thing that that i have for you and that, that what you've had in your heart the dreams that you've had your whole life i put them in your heart and so it's going to be him and and his ability to make them come come true for you that you're going to rely on uh need to rely on and trust completely in for them to come to pass so then we have uh frank oh, i love frank's dream frank Viagrana's dream uh he dreamt i had just backed up a diesel and trailer to a store i looked to a store i looked to my left and i see two men standing by a trash enclosure one was young the other was older and the older way for me to come to them I get down as I approach the older one has a stern look. I told him, sorry about the dust. He smiles and says, the Lord's eyes are upon you because you walk in integrity. He sent us here to mark you. He looks at the younger guy and tells me, take off your right shoe. I take it off and the young guy pulls out some gold polish and paints my right big toe. They get up, shake my hand, and then I woke up. I'm like, that's awesome. I just can't imagine, like, as a guy, it's like, hey, I'll paint my toe. You know, <laughs> but this is an awesome dream. So I immediately thought of how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who bring good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. Um I feel like uh, the Lord is recognizing you, as they said, uh, for your integrity, but also for your humility and the holiness uh, which you carry yourself with. And there's an evangelistic call in your life uh, and you've been wired with power gifts like uh, and. I associated the big toe with power. Like it, ge it gives us the power to launch off the power to, 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 um, like take on big, take big leaps, you know? So that's why, where I got the power from, but you have those, uh, those power gifts, which evangelists typically carry, um, of faith of miracles of healing. Right. And, um, even though, you know, you care, you have these gifts and you know, you have these abilities and, and, and you're this, like, you are great in the spirit you're great in the spirit and I'm sure you're great. You're great in the natural as well, but I'm saying like, I saw you in the spirit. Um, 
you still posture yourself in humility. You, you posture yourself in integrity. You treat others with love and compassion and kindness, even though, you know, you have, you carry so much power. You've not let that uh, get to your head and you make such a difference um, in the people's lives who you touch. And so um, I, I really also feel like during this dream, you were literally imparted with something um, and, I don't, I, mean, I don't know what that could be. I, I imagine maybe influence, maybe because you already have favor as a son. Um, so I just feel like maybe you were imparted some type of influence or some type of uh, platform or some type of, of somewhere where you can uh, go into and actually um, begin to demonstrate these things, um, you know, for the glory of God. So I, I, I bless you with that. I hope that it makes sense. <laughs> thank you. It was awesome. It resonates. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Like, oh, this was such a good dream. It's like, like you are, you, you right away, you know, you know, that these are angels that, that were sent to minister, right. To minister to you. So I just think that's amazing. Um, all right. That's the last dream I had here and it's already eight 33. Um, I know Tommy has to go to, I think he has prayer tonight. So we've been, on about an hour, I think, I think ish, about an hour. -ish. Did, I'm going to look through the feet real quick. Oh, you was so encouraged. When I, oh, I, I, was, I think so amazing. Like when we wake up from dreams, like that feeling that we have after having the dream, like it carries us through for like, for such a long time. And we just, we just never forget it, you know? And we know like, this is good. Like something good just happened here. Oh, you're welcome, Shirley. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, let me, I'm going to look through the feed, see if anybody shared any dreams or questions. <sighs> oh, Lord Jesus, Brittany had a long dream. Hold on, Brittany. Let me look for questions. Okay, Tommy's question, the peach question. <laughs> Did, oh, I just realized what Frank was. Did you sideshow? <laughs> no, I didn't sideshow. Uh, let's see. Thank you, Elizabeth, for your kind comment. You're so beautiful and glowing, sister. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, no, I don't. I don't see any 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 other questions. All right. I know, Brittany, it's hard. Like sometimes my dreams get really long too. It's like, oh, I have to write this whole thing down. Um, let me let me see if I can like read through real quick. It was like we were in private group practicing prophecy, but the teacher was Will Smith. Oh my gosh, I've had a lot of dreams of Will Smith too. Okay. I was headed in with someone about to practice, but he was downstairs so when the woman tried to go downstairs i stopped her for a second she wasn't in our main group but she was practicing anyway we had been on the phone and stuff something's related to his wife not sure what i hollered down and said mr smith he and he asked who it was and said he was still getting ready and dishe disheveled then asked what we needed, and I explained what we were doing, practicing words of knowledge, etc. He said, "Are you from my eleven o'clock class?" He said, "If he said if you're from that class, come on down." I started to, and then realized I needed to explain that the girl was not 
He said, that's okay. Come on down. We went down and before we could say anything, he told us his wife had just died and he had just found out we were taken back a little. And I said, what do we need to leave you alone? What do we need to leave you alone down here? I'm so sorry. He said, really? She did. No, it's fine. You don't need to go anywhere. When he told us I had an image of her cutting a wire and being electrocuted. Oh my, he was in so, <laughs> I read these things like they're literal sometimes, like they're real stories. Sorry, <laughs> I get on into it. He was in so nonchalant about it, like he didn't care. He was disheveled, but only because he was still getting ready for his event. And it was basically just that his tie from his suit was undone and the shirt was loosened around the collar and the buttons. Okay. <sighs> so I, I feel that, and this might just be also like, just what I know about you is that you, um, you have a heart for relationships and, and like, um, uh, maybe like uh, abusive relationships and, and praying them through and um, like bringing them to the light of Christ. Um, so I feel like not so much literal, like Mr. Smith and his wife, you know, like in this dream, but it could be um, what I'm, I'm sensing here is like you, you having a heart for this demographic. And, um, actually the, the change, like, you know, oh, like his wife died and you saw her like, elect like getting electrocuted. Um, like when I, when I see that, I feel like it's like a, like a renewal, like a re, uh, kind of like when our hearts get, um, the AD, like, like, I feel like if, if this is literal for Mr. Smith and, and his wife, um, she's going to have a, uh, a change of heart, like a, a, um, like a shocking back to life, like making the hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. Um, and, and I think even like he's going through, um, and I feel like they're, they're a representative, like they're a representation, a sim symbolic of this type of relationship that really does exist in the world. Like we got to see it publicly, but there are literally relationships like that. We know that. Right. Um, and so I feel like, like you have the ability to pray these things through for people. Um, and I, I know that this is probably just what I'm getting like prophetically from the dream, maybe not even interpreting the dream, but I feel like you have the ability to intercede for these type of relationships so that people's hearts of stone would be turned into hearts of flesh. And that, um, that I, I think like, that's, that's what I'm feeling from it. Um, he said he was disheveled, but only because he was still getting ready for his event. So I think that, that he, he himself is having a, a, a transformation of his own um, and, and, you know, to come into, you know, to everything that, that we got exposed to in, in public that we got to see about his life. Right. I feel like, like he's getting ready for his own comeback. And so, um, you know, if, you know, if you sense that this is for them, literally, I don't know if you've thought about them, prayed about them or, 
or, you know, if you feel like this is for them, literally, I'd say that some praying points would be that, that he would come to her and him would come to know the real light of Jesus Christ, that their hearts, that her heart of flesh, a stone would be turned into a heart of flesh. I'm not saying that, um, that, she, that it, there's any of that, but there's obviously some dynamic in the relationship that, that felt a little off, like felt sort of abusive or manipulative. So, um, I think that you might have the ability to pray them through that. Um, and the Lord's calling you and people like you, people who have this calling to that, uh, that sphere to pray into that. So I think if you join together your prayer, uh, together with those who are also praying the same, um, we might, we might actually see this and see this happen for them. Let's see. <laughs> Tommy Johns. And abuser, like us, just merely because of what the relation. Yeah, I, f I felt that, Brittany, that it was about domestic abuse and and the abuser being cut off. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Of what the relation, yeah. It's like a representation of this type of relationship. Um, And, you know, we're seeing that. We, we've seen it right now, even with... uh with the Johnny Depp case and his ex-wife's case. Like, I think the Lord is bringing this. I was actually just saying this yesterday to, I think my mom, it's like, it's amazing how we're coming to see the other side now publicly, you know, after, after, you know, we often hear about the women being the abused one. And now we're coming to see, see it from the other side. And I think, you know, God, God wants to open us up to this. He wants us to see the reality that this really does happen. And, you know, he loves his sons too. Um, yes, I agree, Brittany. Let's see. Uh, Tommy's drinking the chicken, the Barbie chicken with the knife. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because I had shared a dream uh, a video the other day. It was just some crazy uh, like effects video and uh, Prophet Andrew sent me a, an interpretation. It was actually pretty like accurate is what I'm experiencing. I'm like, it's like, it's not a, sometimes it's not a coincidence that we pick those videos or those images to share with people. Cause even through that, God is talking to us. Right. Uh, sometimes when we do prophetic activation and we've done some exercises here in the group that are prophetic activation exercises, and it's just images, right. And the Lord speaks to us through that. So I thought that was awesome. But, uh, I think that, I think that, like if that were to be an actual dream, it's like the Lord is trying to tell you that there is, there is a, there is a, a strong fighter inside of you and you need to get out of that chicken shell and actually step out in your full authority and, you know, start, uh, start using that sword of the word and that double edged sword to cut some stuff up, honey. That's what I would say. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> if that was an actual dream and it's funny because Latasha actually the same day that Johnny shared that <laughs> she shared a dream about some chickens too like cooking and and I I started reading it and I was like look I don't know that's just too much for me so I moved on um <laughs> sorry Alrighty, guys well it's been so much fun uh hanging out with you guys and and uh interpreting your dreams getting to share a little bit about about uh um uh, 
dream interpretation through the lens of love. And I pray, I pray tonight. Um, let's, let me just uh, close this out in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the time that we had together tonight, the, the opportunity that, that you uh, gave me to share about your love and about your heart and about your thoughts towards us, God. I pray that tonight, as those of us listening, even right now, even through the replay, I pray that tonight that we would dream with you, that we would rest in you, that we would have um, a revelation of your love and your thoughts towards us in our dreams, Father God. And I pray a the ability, Father God, for us to hear your love, to see your love, sense your love during dream interpretation, Father God, that we may release into the atmosphere and into other people's hearts, Father God, what you are saying, what your what your thoughts are to them, Father. And I pray that those of us who receive interpretations, who receive dreams, are able to hold on to those dreams and those interpretations as precious, Father, as you are precious to us. I pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Good night, y'all. Love you. you so much for joining me today on the podcast i appreciate your time and i appreciate that you were here if this message blessed you please share it with somebody you love and don't forget to click the subscribe button i pray that the lord bless you and he keep you and i pray that his favor be on you and i pray that his grace and mercy follow you all the days of your life amen until next time goodbye